Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Water Cooler, the show where you get to talk with your coworkers about what you watched last night. I am Matt Scalisi. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Caroline Darney, and we're here to talk about the stuff we've been watching. And honestly, I don't know if it feels this way to you, Caroline. I feel like I'm hitting one of those periods where it's overwhelming the amount of stuff that I oh, want to watch. Maybe it's just because good. I'm... Maybe it's because I'm an October guy. Like I, I like spooky stuff, and they drop a ton of stuff. They this do time drop a ton of spooky stuff this time. And there's so many shows that are piling up on me, and you, <laughs> I, you, you, and I keep talking about stuff we want to watch, and I'm like, I know it's like number four on my list. Yeah. Uh, and soon, Friday, to be exact, uh, the countdown to Christmas never start too soon on Hallmark <laughs> Channel kicks off do so. they really start it in october it starts this friday yeah i think every oh year soon God. it'll start off in june it'll be great uh as a unabashed hallmark movie yeah lover i am very excited for this season um this is where i thrive i do not care that they're all the same story um i can't wait for someone to inherit a christmas tree farm and find a nice man in a flannel shirt <laughs> this this no. is this is a phenomenon that i have mostly avoided in my oh, life so far and un- I, unfortunately for me well, I mean, look, whatever. It'll be a good time. I, I have a feeling we're going to need to do one of these before yeah. before our holiday break. For the, the actual show. the actual worst feeling is when you legitimately enjoy one. <laughs> <laughs> where you, I where you shed a tear and feel yeah, a little I understand emotion. that they're terrible. Yeah, and ninety nine percent of them, I will sit and I think I mentioned this before, but they fit into these nice little perfect two hour windows. And like I said, I think I said similar to like college basketball because when one ends, mm-hmm. the next game starts or the next movie starts, and all of a sudden you're like, well, now I'm in. We gotta figure. Can, I gotta figure out if these crazy kids get together when you I know exactly you? what's gonna happen. But and you have your favorites, like there's a couple sure. of the actresses or actors. You're like, oh, I like this guy, or the ones where you still spend the whole time going is he handsome? Like the whole movie. You're like, I think so. Oh, he's handsome. Uh, But there are a couple that I legitimately am like, Oh, Christmas at the plaza is coming on. I might record that. So you actually do like remember some of them. I do. Yeah. The the volume of them is so the sheer volume makes it difficult. And usually what will happen is Alex McDaniel and I will have this conversation and we'll say like, Oh, there was the one where like the guy went forward in time because of some clock. What was that? And then you like, they have sci-fi ones. (laughs) There's time travel in a ton of them. Um, And you look it up and you're like, yeah, yeah. Ryan Pavey was in it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And he's one of my faves. Um, and then you're like, or it's the one where like, there's one where a woman, uh, ends up on a book tour with like a cranky author who's clearly very tall and handsome and oddly enough, they fall in love, which is wild. Um, a real turn. <laughs> I love when they like market them as kind of like, you'll never know what happens. And I was like, unless you're going to throw like a random murder plot in one of these, we all know what's happening. Like that would be it's... fun to, for someone to make a Hallmark Christmas movie that is 
that it, that has like a legitimate twist that absolutely no one could have seen. <laughs> that coming. no one could have seen coming. Uh, maybe some kind of like David down. Lynch type thing. <laughs> <laughs> like a hell mouth opens and they're like, "Oh my god!" The Christmas tree is is alive and it's <laughs> and it's it's a, it's a man who's been trapped there by a witch for three centuries. <laughs> it's just they're all so fun. I don't know. It's just like a cozy way to spend like a cold Sunday yeah. or whatever. And you're you know just what like, I think this. Is, I think this is I think this is like the equivalent for dorky white guys uh, of anime, which is that like I I absolutely don't remember anything that's ever happened in any of that stuff. And you put it on, you put it on because it hits the same beats every time, and you're like, this is this is cool. It makes the part of my makes the part of my brain that likes things turn on. Briefly. Yeah, and it's weird. Like as you start seeing more and more people that you think you would still consider like younger actresses, that you're like, she's doing these now. Because yeah, for a while you're like, Melissa oh, Joan it's... Hart's. Yeah, well, no. Previously, it was like the most. Well, I don't know. If Melissa Joan Hart's been in a ton, but oh, the sure. Candace, Candace Cameron Bure sure. has been in a ton. Lacey Chabert. Um, the there's been a couple others that are like the the typical. Hallmark, and then now they're started to have a couple of the younger, like one of the girls from like Pretty Little Liars was in one, and I was oh, like, "Wow, how did you so get here so soon?" Next generation, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How old am I? <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna start just, seeing Nickelodeon stars in there. I know, right? I'm just like, damn it, I need to figure out. Um, well, and this is, I mean, one of the things that I are what you're starting to see now come into some of the streaming platforms is one of my other favorite things, which is just those like rom-coms that are popping up like the netflix rom-coms and stuff yeah because it's just where they go now i mean we the, yeah. the the there are some types of movies that just used to be out in theaters all the time just like yeah. everything else we watch except now they only come out on streaming platforms which and i actually and this is where i wonder this is where i wonder if the success of barbie this is what should happen because the mm-hmm. success of barbie is i do think that the the real rom-com like the good rom-coms the sleepless in seattle's the you've got males ones that don't involve tom hanks and meg ryan there are others but that they we haven't had as many of those and we've seen the success of the streaming rom-com especially when you look at like the um palm springs uh which was yeah great example yeah great movie my personal favorite set it up obviously because i adore glenn powell like that was such a great um edition so you get some that are along those lines that are like i think what you could classify as like actually good rom-coms and you've got one of the ones on netflix right now is um happiness for beginners and it's got uh is it ellie kemper from she was in the office like i believe that's right yeah um and then luke grimes who most people now would know him from um he's casey or jace one of those things (laughs) in yellowstone I said Casey, then I was like, "Is it Jane? It's something with a with a with an A sound in it, with an A Y C E after it." Um, but he and he is so utterly charming in this movie. I sat there like, "Oh my god!" Because I was like, I never felt this way about him watching Yellowstone. I don't know. He was like hands, whatever. Anyway, um, that one's great. Love at first sight is great. It has the girl from. Um, white lotus season two who's the assistant to jennifer coolidge and none um, of these are none of these are hallmark you're, 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 these no are just these like are like straight up romantic comedies yeah and these are, are and these are like what i would qualify as like good ones like yeah good, like begin, happiness for beginners and love at first sight are both on netflix right now highly recommend i would absolutely watch them um and then you have like 
there was one that was like love in the air which was closer to a hallmark two very beautiful people uh, we are really make, yeah it didn't are, make much yeah. sense as to why the british company was so concerned about the small island hopping plane company in australia so this, so this is you've got mail basically yeah i was like i don't know why like i get it like the like holding business holdings but like why is this huge business in Britain so concerned about we, this little? We are definitely going to have to dive into the to the rom com world over for, for the Christmas season and for Valentine's. So, yes. very, in a very short order, there will be a lot of rom com. You get more more what you just heard T- today. Today we are going to later in the show be talking about. Uh, I would say arguably a romantic comedy series. The original rom-com. <laughs> and and that would be Saved by the Bell. We're going to be talking about that with our friend Andy Demetra, uh, who is the Georgia Tech play-by-play announcer. Love that. Um, who you may have seen a few weeks ago calling the spectacular ending of Georgia Tech's shocking upset win over Miami on the road. Andy's, Andy's clip of him calling that moment went viral online and uh we've we've got him on the show today he is a listener of the show we've got him on to talk about say by the bell which i would say for me a very seminal piece of pop culture uh and i'm excited to talk about it with him but well and if you're not interested in say by the bell just listen to his incredible voice because he's got an incredible oh my God. voice it was it's so delightful to talk to him <laughs> audio silk uh yes. but 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 before uh, one one other piece of show business to get to before we dive into our topics today, Caroline, uh, I have I, I was poking around as the owner of a, of a podcast might and seeing that we have some really nice ratings so far over hey. the Apple Podcast app and on Spotify. And first of all, we really appreciate those of you who did that. But I thought I would take the opportunity to say if you haven't done that yet. We would love it if you went over to whatever app you listen to this podcast on and gave us a rating, whatever you think is fair. But obviously, we would like a five-star rating. That would be awesome. And another thing that helps, if you've got even more time, I don't think you can do this on Spotify, but you can do it on Apple, is to leave us a review, like a little description in one sentence of why you like the show and why you think other people should listen to it. That would be a huge help to us, and we would be greatly appreciative of it. And actually, I, I we haven't I haven't checked on this with Chandler, but we have sort of informally talked about if you guys start leaving us these reviews, I think we have talked about doing a thing where whoever leaves us the best review, I will write a parody song jingle in your honor. I will put your name in the song. Like, uh, what else could you want? <laughs> so if you if you guys are willing to do that. I will I will debase myself for for your honor <laughs> and gratitude. In your this. name. <laughs> <laughs> Rate review, get yourself a song. Yeah. So, but yes, but for to, again, thanks to everybody who's already done that. That's really nice. So I don't think we've even mentioned it on the show. So we appreciate yeah. it. Very cool. Um, very, very cool. Caroline, we continue to not have a ton of of new items to talk about because the strike season goes on, even mm-hmm. though the writer's strike is over, we're still waiting on them to, to resolve the SAG strike for the actors, which is, it's not done yet. And, and unfortunately they seem to not really be super close to it right now, which is frustrating. And, and now we're getting to the point where they're saying some of the movies that have release dates in the spring might end up getting pushed back 
Uh, <clears throat> the director of Deadpool three actually said, "I saw that it's looking worse and worse for him now to to be able to get that, that out." Is my man. <laughs> but let's so look. In the meantime, what we're what we're going to talk about is the stuff that we're watching because there is a lot of good stuff coming out right now, and um, I I, I want to mention off the top a show that you already recommended on here, so I, I don't need to go that deep into it. But hijack on Apple TV. We we watched it on your recommendation and yes. halfway through it, and it's really good. It's and good, right? You get to the end of the first episode, and basically the whole first episode you're doing is pretty classic. Like, hey, this is the start of a of a kind of uh, action thriller. But then the very end of the first episode is basically where they let you know what is different about the show and what the premise is and why it's about to be interesting. And I, as soon as that happened, I was like, all right, they got me. Caroline, Caroline got me on a, on another one. Yeah. It's so good. Cause I guess that's one of the things you look at. And I think that you can absolutely have a re- like really good hijack movies. Like uh, one of my all time favorite, I don't know if it's like, t- if I'd say like, Oh, top 10 or whatever, but um, air force one, Perfect movie. And I, I find Super myself thinking about stuff from Air Force One and from Red Eye yeah. uh, and, and other hijack movies while I'm watching this. And the but thing I love about that it it's is, a show because the, they, the, they well, stretch it out enough the, that the cool it doesn't feel about like it, the episodes are long or that they're filling it with stuff. But it's so good that they give you all of these extra details and kind of let you try and put this puzzle together between each episode of like what who you think is involved and what you think is going to happen next. And like how handsome is Idris Elba? Like, you know, all <laughs> well, another, another thing I think is cool about it is I, I find myself noticing all these little things that I know from other movies. Right. So like yeah. an example would be, well, <clears throat> I, I know you can't use real bullets when you do this, because if you poke a hole in the plane, bad. it depressurizes the cabin. Cause I've seen, I've seen other hijack movies. I'm way ahead of these guys, but, but actually the show knows that you've seen the other hijack movies and it builds on that. So like all of yeah. the things that you sort of think, you know, about how this kind of story works, it's, it's, built in that you maybe know some of this stuff already and it builds on top of that which i think is really clever it's so good and as someone who's been through a rapid decompression don't recommend oh no my gosh what a story i I was not aware of yeah it's not not great guys Um, man alive caroline so it was uh there's we have these and this was my flying days um they have these things that are like our kind of portable it's not straight oxygen. So like the pilots and the navigator have like oxygen masks and attached things. Cause they need to fly. And sure. Navigate your classic, plane. your classic top gun mask <laughs> that they, they usually take off in the movie. So you yeah. can see their face. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, cause we're pressurized at, at, at altitude. We don't need to have the mat. Like, you know, it's different than a, in a jet, but in the tube, we didn't have those all built into our stations. Cause like, there's no need. Cause it, it can all function without us being awake. <laughs> but, um, the problem is trying to get the bottle open is, is, is a little bit complicated and it gets more complicated the less oxygen you have. Oh man. <laughs> so it's like this little like puzzle, but the prize is oxygen. Oh, <laughs> but, like, no. like, is, and this is not in this a situation the, where like, this we is the worst game die. show this ever. Is, yeah. We weren't gonna, like, this is not like a, you know, I wouldn't joke about it if it was something where we actually, but that was one of our feedback things from this 
rapid decompression. And we ha- we train for this. We have like you know, emergency procedures that we ha- that we do when these things happen and whatever. And everyone was fine and everyone did the right thing. Um, but one of our feedback things was like, we should probably do some training with those <laughs> because we we're like, okay, yeah, you just go get the, the little thing, you open it, and then you're good. And then we were sitting there, and it was just like, because when you do the the big risk is high, is going hypoxic, and you. Um, when you're in training, they put you in a um, pressure chamber to simulate hypoxia for you. So, you know, cause everyone's a little bit different when you get hypoxia. So some people get kind of euphoric and they're like, this is great. This is so much fun. Um, some people get task fixated. Some people get, I am on the side of things where I get like overheated and I feel sick. So yeah. I don't like, like it's bad. And so no matter what, when you're doing that training, you have a little oxygen bottle there. And then when you feel like symptoms of hypoxia, you put on your oxygen mask. Then they wait till everyone puts theirs on. There were always like one or two dudes at the end of the little tube that were like, no, I'm good. And they're like trying to do, because they give you those little <laughs> puzzles where you put the shapes in the things. Cause it's supposed to show you that like, as you get hypoxic, you lose some of the ability to problem solve and motor skills and stuff. Man. Cause you know, you're not getting oxygen to your brain. Yeah. So we're this, sitting there like all looking wild. at these dudes, like clearly you're hypo. We all know you're hypoxic. We can see this, like just put the mask on so we can get out we can, get out of this thing so anyway um they yeah should, hijack they, sh- they should make you have to they should make you have to put what I, here's what here's what i want to see i want to see someone put a pair of shoes on a two-year-old while while <laughs> that, would <laughs> that would be that would be so complicated yeah they're kicking the whole time yeah <laughs> no, no 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 and it's like the wrong foot oh, how does absolutely. your foot not fit in here <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible but yeah i'm glad that you're enjoying hijack i'm interested for your feedback at the end because it's uh i thoroughly <clears throat> it was and this is my thing with with apple so i recently i've i've watched all of the morning show now if you set um, me free if you set me loose i'm gonna binge something and truly I'm incredible back. i i look the only the only <laughs> thing i know about the morning show comes from Another podcast that I'm happy to recommend to everybody here called Las Culturistas, which is uh, Bo and Yang from SNL oh, and yeah. Rogers podcast, which is a wonderful, if you like, if you like hearing way funnier people than us talk about uh, pop culture. Don't send check, them away, Matt. We need them. <laughs> go check out Las Culturistas and then, and but, but uh, they, they are, love talking about this show because they, they talk about how the, the totally absurd uh, plot, twists that happen in this show yeah um so i know a little bit about it but like how do you how do you feel about it having watched it all in such a short span of time it was super entertaining um and i you know there was the the first season is essentially the matt lauer story right today and having steve carell play like that type of creep was a little bit upsetting isn't it weird that steve carell so desperately wants to play like a bad person and like it's it really hard for me to buy it personally did you see see fox catcher where the the movie no i didn't see that one no so so yeah i mean i won't go too into it but steve carell plays this this famous um wrestling coach who was a real life figure who uh was a, a very bad dude but like it's just, just so trying hard. to break out of the like. It's so hard for me to see past the like little kind eyes of Steve. No, he's got such a nice face. Um, so that part was. It, it, I enjoyed it. It's like a, it's a. I wouldn't say fun drama because there's obviously serious things that happen, but like it's right. a really good cast. And this is my thing with Apple. Their shows are fantastic. 
and there's there's really well one production level there's no question i I would say that's that is the thing that sets the apple shows apart so far is yeah the um, the budget that goes into these things is i would say back when disney plus launched right Mm -hmm. and and i think max hbo max had some of these too when they first launched and they're like really trying to impress people and get you to sign up and they were putting so much money and we still see it in loki because i i think they wanted to by the way loki's great maintain the same quality for it but like obviously the production quality has has gradually gone away at disney plus because they don't want to spend that much money forever yeah it definitely happened at hbo max but like Apple still Apple picks their shots and they put yes, a lot and that's of money the biggest, into it. And I think we talked about this. It just it's the quantity over sorry quality over quantity at Apple, and they're picking their moments. They're getting an incredible cast. Obviously, they've got more money than God. Like it's just you know we've basically funded every time we get the new iPhone. Um, but like they just roll, <laughs> they just true. they just trot out John Hamm in season three of the Morning Show like oh okay hi John Hamm and you're looking at, like I said Idris Elba and then um, Jennifer Garner was in that the last thing you told mm-hmm. me and you know I just watched there's only been and Brie, there's a new show with Brie Larson that we talked about last yes. week which I, okay. I haven't seen yet I need, but, like, I need that's you a high... to watch this I, I definitely we... will but then no, I mean... like now like I need you to watch it now because <laughs> I need to talk to somebody about lessons in chemistry the first two episodes I need it now like I it's, it's coming it's, it's coming up as soon as we get through hijack for sure because Matt you have to hurry my emotions are <laughs> unchecked i do you know like i do think i do think there's a lesson to be learned here not that not that um hollywood studios ever learn and the correct lesson from but (laughs) they're gonna make more when you look at i think it's really interesting what you just mentioned that apple doesn't need the money they get from their streaming service and that's why that's a big part of why they're able to make it count when they do it and a lot of people I know got Apple TV initially because Apple's really good about pushing, hey, get a month free of this thing that we do. And, you know, maybe you keep it. You, you, well, it's you real cheap. It's turn like on It's not very expensive. And, and like you said, their revenue is mostly coming from other stuff. It's coming from the phone that you have to make a monthly payment for to have. <laughs> It's coming from their incredibly expensive electronics that they're selling you. It's coming from your iCloud fee that you're having to pay. But Disney should not like this is not the case for HBO or Max or whatever we call it now. It's not the case for Peacock. It's not the case for a lot of other stuff. It is the case for Disney that they don't need to live and die by a streaming service, they they are able to put movies in the theater that people will come see and pay a yeah. billion dollars for. They have theme parks that people That's will come to like. and spend a lot of money. Disney should look at what Apple is doing and say, let's scale down our streaming service. Let's make it competitively priced and not the most expensive streaming service you can get. And let's make everything that we put on here that's new, really good. And then add that to our huge back catalog of great stuff. Right. And the back catalog is what like that. This is where I get so mad. Cause I'm just like, maybe you don't need to keep billion or whatever, hundred million for your own salary. Pay the right. Well, yes, out, obviously. <laughs> the 
that's the time big that part it came of it. out that they didn't have, and this makes so much more sense now for Secret Invasion. They didn't. They don't have showrunners. They don't have plans. Yeah, we didn't talk about this, Dude. Caroline. But the, since since our last episode, um, a, a an article came out. Because they what they canceled or they fired everyone for Daredevil because essentially what they watched so far they were like well first of all they called it like a legal legal procedural and I was like oh, yes. I would watch please I sure watch that. but but I I do believe them <clears throat> that they saw what was being made and they said this ain't it and they also have reportedly canceled a couple of other shows that they had already announced that they were working on one what of them was Wonder Man. Um, which again, not like a marquee name, but but had some big people working on it. Nathan Fillion was was. The oh no! Uh, and oh, I believe roller coaster. I just went on there. <laughs> they've also scrapped the Vision series that they had said they were going to make. So I think I think it's very clear that Disney is rethinking their approach to these TV shows, and and I don't know. It's one of two things. Okay, either either. <laughs> They, they have now just looked at what they've made and they've said, this isn't up to our standards and we're going to do it the right way now. We're going to rethink everything and we're going to come back and do it right. Or what they've said is, if we have to abide by these new Union writers rules, rules yep. we're just not going to do it at all. And and that might be what they're doing. And But but you know what? Like I don't know how you feel about this, Caroline. To me, it... it I loved I loved the period of time where we were getting a lot of Marvel stuff when I thought it was good. And if I would rather not have something than have something bad. And I'm hoping that's that, where I'm at with it now. I'm hoping that and I have been way less harsh on a lot of the things that other people like I actually legitimately and this is mostly because I I, I like Taika Waititi and I like Chris Hemsworth's Thor and I didn't I as someone who deals with sad things or I don't want to say trauma, but like with humor, like I completely understood a lot of the vibes from Thor love and thunder. I did not hate that movie. I, I liked it. I I'm with you that, that I think I like it more than 95% of people. Yeah. Like and it. honestly, I think once I got past the bizarreness of the scene of the setting of the new Ant-Man, I didn't hate like so I read all these horrible reviews and then I went and saw it and I was like I actually had a kind of good time and again part of this is it, like it's fine it's I not, love Paul yeah. Rudd more than anything and so they're were they as good as are they making my top 15 no like is it as bad as Multiverse of Madness <laughs> I think no. I, I think what we, I think that's that's some of where we're at with this is that it, it it's pe- people are people are not just wanting the movies coming out of there to be uh, entertaining, which I think in fairness, and I think they still all are even, even the new Ant-Man movie, which again, people really seemed bothered by it, but like it's a perfectly entertaining movie Uh, to me. The TV shows are the, are the issue where I'm not even sure that I could definitely say that secret invasion was entertaining to me. And, And it did feel very much like, Nobody was running it. Like they didn't have a clear direction. And that's the part that makes sense after the fact. Yeah. So, so this, this reporting that came out and I believe it was in the Hollywood reporter that Disney was not using a writer's room or a showrunner to make their TV shows. They were sort of, they would get a script and they take off and start shooting it. 
And they, if something wasn't good, they said, we'll fix it later. I and don't understand. Mostly, so mostly they've been able to pull it off. They've been able to fix it later for the most part. But I think it was catching up to them. And, I think that's yeah. where I get the most mad is like, or that I'm hoping that they are saying like, okay, now that we have these new union contract rules with showrunners and stuff, I'm hoping that it's, that's not what you said where it's like, oh, we're going to skirt or like cancel things. But more when they realize, like, yes, Secret Invasion was not good, and this is why. And I'm mostly annoyed beyond belief because that cast was incredible, and you have this, oh yeah, like, unbelievable, amazing cast, set sure. yeah. of actors. And I think a oh, it's this one. Makes, and so, spoiler alert: if you haven't watched Secret Invasion, fast forward thirty seconds. But if you're telling me this is the shit that makes me so mad, sorry, excuse me, this is stuff that makes me so mad. It's <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna kill off Maria Hill, and you don't even know what you're doing. Like right. you're going to take a, a favorite character out of the whole game, and you don't even have a plan. Like you didn't have no one else was. This is again. This is why I get so mad at Multiverse of Madness is because I think that it was so independent of things that had been established through a show that I actually did really like in WandaVision. And so it's, this is stuff where I get really mad that I'm like, how do you not have a plan? It's the, it's the star Wars new trilogy all over again in one sense. Because, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great comparison. Yeah. And, they and had that's three by the different way, direct, or two different directors, but then they didn't have a plan. How do you not sit down and say, this is the journey that this set of three movies is going to go on. And instead they get a guy to do the third one that didn't like the second one and undid all the stuff that, and I didn't dislike. Oh, anyway, we don't have to no, go into look, like the last Jedi and all that stuff. But, like, I, I know, I but I do like think it's, I think it's a good thing to bring up because again, this is the kind of decision-making that we've seen for maybe the past five or so years from companies like Disney, like Warner brothers. Um, and, and what they're, I think what it shows is, these rather than be companies who view it as, Hey, what we do is tell stories that get people super invested and they pay us money for more of them. And that, that was the model for how um, uh, an entertainment studio worked forever. And now it's really, we, we need to take things that already exist and find a way to plug them into new things and we'll use the recognition that people have of those characters to make money off of it. And really, we don't care if they like the new thing or not. They're, they're going to they're gonna be happy enough to pay us for it because they already like the thing that's in it. Yeah. And I think that's really, that's really a very cynical way to approach the business. I don't think it's what writers want to do. It's not what actors want to do. It's not what anybody creative actually wants to do. It's what... The, the people who manage the books and the people who report to the, the shareholders think is, is the way forward because it's what makes quick money in large yeah. amounts, but it's, it's short-sighted. It's not what creative people want. Uh, I would say don't, don't uh, you know, one of the things that we saw people talking about during the writer's strike is like, well, who cares? Because all the stuff they make now is crap. Well, the writers don't want to make the crap. They're, that's the yeah. only thing that they're being paid to do right now. Yeah. Well, and that's like as much as I will look at release dates and be like, why can't such and such be out now? Like, I think where one of the other big mistakes happened was a lot of the stuff being pushed through 
one, in, I'm saying being pushed through around COVID, and I think that there was a, mm-hmm. a decline in quality. That's not a knock on everything was way more complicated. And that's rather than delay things, because again, and I get it, there were, they needed, the studios couldn't just go without content, like releasing things during, and we saw, you know, the impact of, of home releases versus theater releases and et cetera, et cetera. We need to get people back out to the theater and like delayed some of those things. But like when, like we've already talked about, I think some of the stuff that's coming out now is on the back end of that COVID break delay stuff and i think that has had a like marked decline in some of the quality just based on factors outside of people's control but i'm willing i'm willing to wait an extra year or whatever for you to make something that's good and and i don't necessarily blame the initial thought of like people are hungry for this story that we're telling and we have this new platform with which to do it it's a little bit feels like the pivot to video vibe from you know what i mean <laughs> everyone's like we're pivoting to video everyone putting on video and like right. without really thinking about what don't worry about what it is just don't do worry it. about what it is roll just put the it camera all out. and yeah. you know i and again i i actually i think there's a lot of really good things from hawkeye i think there's a lot of really good things from she hulk i think there's a lot of really good things from ms marvel and in one sense that's a way that they like just kind of push things out that potentially won't be as popular anyway like you know that was a like we heard all about the mcu stuff and like they're saying everything's going too woke and like whatever else so this is another thing that's being combated at the time which anyway there's just i had a lot of thoughts on it but i i don't know i got my ticket for the marvels speaking of so i'm I'm excited i'm excited for marvels i'm i am uh very much looking forward to it everything runtime i know runtimes don't matter No, what's the runtime it's like one it's an hour and a half perfect that's what we want man <laughs> yeah it's like 105 a, minutes or something that to me that's that's in the sweet spot that's what i want from a from a fun good time of a marvel movie well, that's that's, what, i'm good with right around two hours and that's what yeah like, i you know, that's that's generally and i don't need all of them to be two and a half i needed endgame and infinity war to be yes two and a half and that was the perfect reason. But then they got into this thing where like it felt like a lot. And I can I can get on board with No Way Home because I'm never going to say no to more Tom Holland time. Um, I love him so much. And I realized this weekend that like now in just a short amount of time that like I already am obsessed, obsessed in a loose term. But Tom Holland and Zendaya, like I need them to be together forever because like that's I'm like the <laughs> and now I'm like if, if Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey break up, I'm going to be devastated. So it's- <laughs> Those are usually I'm like some, I don't really care about. We've like, got some very curious celebrity issues couples that we need to dig into later. I think about about what? why why you have this this attachment to these celebrity. Those couples. are just just those two. Like it's not was like this, every was this SNL that brought this about this realization. It was this weekend of their outings. Like yeah. that was like he just it's the video of like of Travis Kelsey basically tapping the security guard on the shoulder being like nah bro i got this and like helping her out of the car and like yeah it was just ev- like Look, so he's, many he's oh. killing it right now he's in, in the he's he's in classic early stage uh i i have landed somebody that is way over my way he's over my level every note He's so, hitting every note. So look, and he has and, and he should the way. Be. This this is this is you, when you when you when you find yourself in a position that that Travis Kelsey's in right now, 
you you got to be on 100% of the time. And the yeah. question is, when will the when will his uh, male chromosomes start kicking in and saying, I can ease off the gas and let's see, let's see how it goes. Hopefully never. Cause I'm telling you, I am a grown woman with two master's degrees and I'm sitting here might as well have like my head on my, my chin on my hands and kick my feet up behind me. Yeah. Like twirling, twirling, uh, twirling the phone, the phone. Yes. And just texting friends be like, Oh my God, did you see them get out of the car? It was so cute. And I'm like, what has happened to me? What has happened to me? It's so fun. To, I just, I'm happy for sometimes, like sometimes that. pop culture just absolutely owns us. Carol. I know. Oh my God. Listen, uh, we had, I had a, we had a couple of topics. I think we might need to push one till next week. Yeah, I think we got I do. I do want to ask you about one, one other thing that you mentioned uh, that you watched this week that you were excited about. And actually it's, oh, yeah. it's being referenced a lot. So I think yes. it's worth talking yeah. about now. Yes. But the, the Beckham documentary that's is it's on Netflix. It's right? on Netflix. So tell I me about, tell me about this. Loved it. So I will full disclosure, not usually like a go-to do, um, documentary person. Like, if it's a topic that I'm very, very interested in, like, I don't know, Virginia men's basketball winning the national championship in 2019. I've watched that documentary like 16 times. Um, but it's not one that I'm like, Oh, I've got to consume every doc that comes out. But uh, our lovely coworker and guest of the pod, Blake Schuster um, was like, you got to check this out. I think you'll really like it. And, and he's right. Like it is like, it's from David Beckham's perspective. So it's, it's primarily, um, positive um and, sure. that, and the funniest part what, what i love the now, most he's not he's not a i could be showing my ignorance here david beckham's not like a super controversial right or, and you're absolutely or, uh, right I don't you're think he really right. is like has a lot of skeletons to bury. There was anyway. one cheating scandal, and they do address it in the. Yeah. And that was a moment like when he was at Real Madrid and like all these things, and so um, they do talk about that. But for the most part, and that's this also actually perfectly ties into the timing of this coming out is so 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 good with again the Travis and Taylor thing because I don't want to be over dramatic, but I think that we forget how big of a deal it was in 1996 or whatever for David Beckham, who was the golden boy of soccer, gorgeous, very talented, played for Manchester United, had been a part of their farm team since he was like 15 years old um, to date. And then Mary, I mean, he really only had, if I'm remembering correctly, because I lived overseas at this time. So this was like right in my wheelhouse. Every single thing that all the memory stuff that they showed was like me being like, oh my God, that guy. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> like, I remember this thing because we were living in England and Germany. And so I was very immersed in this. But to date and marry Posh Spice, and like he didn't have a lot of other public relationships. I don't think he had any because they started dating relatively early and they've been together since then. And she was a mega star. Obviously, the Spice Girls were huge. He was a mega star. And so them converging and, and it's, you know, there was a lot of stuff about how Posh was treated by the media. That was really interesting. The stuff about how he was treated by the media following the World Cup was devastating. Um, and it was just really, really cool, partly too, because like Eric Cantona is in it. And I love Eric Cantona. Like, I also realized very quickly that between him, Cantona and Zidane, Zinedine Zidane, um, apparently a lot of my favorite soccer players from that time frame um, either headbutted or drop kicked people um, frequently. It's, so. Yeah. I mean, look in a sport, in a sport where you don't have a lot of uh, protection on 
<laughs> really, the the crown of the head is is probably a a, a decent weapon. I use. can I haven't seen a clip of it for probably twenty years. I could close my eyes and see Zidane head. I've never I've never I I have never been a soccer guy, and I <laughs> you know can about see the, you can play, like Zidane I can close headbutt. my eyes and yes. I can play. I can even see which side which person was on. What they're like, and he did like the perfect like got the arms into it and Cantona was the one that he drop kicked a fan for like <laughs> for heckling him i don't and, know like, about this dude Cantona was and so Cantona actually ended up acting so he was in the cape lanchette <clears throat> elizabeth like, oh wow yeah um and so he was and i remember vividly like these commercials because uh, he always popped his collar on the like man united um jerseys which the long sleeve with the collars were so cool like that was like peak cool to me um, and he, there was a commercial where he popped his collar and he took a shot and he was playing against a team of like demons and Satan was the goalkeeper. I, and he I shot do remember this. Satan. Yeah, it was incredible. But anyway, the documentary was great. I think it's only like five or six episodes. Um, but they did such a really, they did a really good job with it. And he's a very interesting guy. Um, really kind of like awkward and dorky for and someone. I, and that, I think, I think what's cool. What I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons why he became as big as he did. And obviously the person that he dated and married is a huge part of it, which we should talk about in a second. But I do think that there is a, there is a thing that's even more so in England than here about being a guy who is like sort of, sort of a, you know, working class is maybe not even the right word. Like a guy who that, that, there's no way a person like this should have ever become a, a wealthy, famous, influential person. And they, they do it kind of against, against the odds and, and yeah. they've exceeded where they were supposed to be personality wise. And I There's think a- that's a big, pe- a big part of why, like, this is a guy, this is, this is like the equivalent of the guy who, who works on your car. Suddenly he's in a tux and he's at a big fancy uh, gala event and it's like we all like we all like to see that guy get to that place where like yeah. everybody else there is like you're not supposed to be one of us but we can't do anything about it He he's so interesting to me and that they actually I think undersell a little bit how good he was like they obviously show a ton of clips and he won a billion trophies like when he yeah. was playing and he worked so hard and the relate they talked to his parents and like the the training and his relationship with the sport was so fascinating. And honestly, it's really impressive. I think he did really well with staying healthy his whole career. Like he didn't have any huge prolonged like injury bouts, which is so important if you're like trying to stay on top of the game, obviously Um, the part where like the Tom, the Tom Brady effect really who, yeah, even he had some issues, but just the fact that he played as long as he did, that seems to have a big impact on your lasting fame. Well, and they tried to build the super team at, um, Real Madrid with Ronaldo. They talked to Ronaldo for this. They talked to like, um, so they don't actually end up talking to Zidane, but he's in it a bunch, like footage of him. Um, hearing from his teammates at Man United was so cool. And like, they were, again, these are all guys that like I, I watch. And I think there's a lot of like, Roy Keane feels very Roy Kent. Like, and someone said that there's a lot of like Jamie Tart modeled off of Beckham. And I think there's yes. definitely some of that, but um he didn't seem to have the full tart vibe. Like, well, he's not, he's not a, 
Nah. He's not as much of a bimbo for sure. As, yeah, and, as Jamie Tart. Yes. Yeah. and we loved we love Jamie Tart, but um, it's uh, they go into his time like he was so unhappy at Real Madrid um, because he you know Figo was in the spot that he normally plays, and so you can't like you're not going to bump Fe- Luis Figo for Beckham. And so anyway, so that's when he ends up kind of like deciding almost on a whim because he got benched to go to the LA galaxy and they show footage of the galaxy and they are awful. Like <laughs> so bad. And they show him the first time <clears throat> bench, like waiting to be subbed in. And he's just like, oh, what have I done? But I, I think, and not, not to say this in a cynical way, because I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was done purely for personal gain or, or I, I think it's, I think it's just a smart, it's an understanding of, of, how the world works that Beckham Beckham, I think has always known that you have more freedom to do what you want to do. If you on your own have the brand power and the leverage yes. as an individual. And you think yeah, about and, and on it's, top of all that early in his career, it's, it's probably something that he became more aware of once he, once he married Victoria and then saw like, Oh, actually there's being sports famous and then there's being actually famous where like people who don't watch sports know who you are. Yeah. And I think that's the other, that, that, that to me, the move to America, which probably made no sense to a lot of people who followed sports. It was more like, Hey, you can, you're, you're, you can be really famous as an international soccer player, but if you're famous in America, you're famous everywhere like america makes things famous at a different scale and so the 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 understanding of that and understanding that it would let him later in his life do lots of stuff and have the freedom to to do things like own his own club yeah well it's so cool that they bring in like they have clips from messi's first game and like that was really cool but the other part about coming to the states especially for victoria was they essentially were able to escape some of it because this is where you know there's sure there's yeah it's it's easy to we don't because we don't fully care comparison yeah we don't we don't really care who you <laughs> who you are like the, the 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 level of scrutiny of things in the European and British press like you yes. you can be you can be someone where you can't leave your house in England and if yes. you come to America like we absolutely don't give a shit like what well, what was not that the footage of Messi going to the to a yeah, Publix? Publix yeah and like it was, just it like was a pub sub people noticed him but like it wasn't mobbed or anything like right. it was fine and so the other thing the other part of it was that they moved to LA and so there was this whole piece of like he all of a sudden was hanging out with Tom Cruise through him a birthday party mm-hmm. and one of his best friends who came was like a party is not even remotely close to the right word for this. And they showed yeah. like people going, and like Jim Carrey went and Bruce Willis went and like, then the one friend, it was so funny the way he said, it, I wish I could remember, but he's like, all of a sudden someone starts playing the piano. You look over and it's Stevie wonder. <laughs> he's like, where are we? And so Posh was yeah. kind of like, I went from being, she's like every single thing that she did in Madrid was criticized. And like, then they put stuff into her mouth about how she hated it there. And it wasn't fashionable enough, like all this stuff was now she's like, no one's going to care about us at the restaurant if Tom Cruise is at the table next to us. Yeah. Like, they were able to kind of escape some of that. They moved so many times. Bless that woman's soul. Like, <laughs> getting those kids. Because he was like, um, I know I just said I, I wanted to play here, but um, 
they have a spot in Paris and they, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go to France. And she was like, Oh my God, I swear to God. <laughs> but anyway, highly recommend. It's incredible. Um, he's so interesting. He keeps bees now. Oh, it's man. worth it just to watch. This is, like, this is big. Uh, this is the thing that I, that I finally have a way in. Yeah. He's an atheist. I texted my mom who keeps bees and I was like, you got to watch the Beckham thing. Um, and you know, again, I didn't know your like, mom keeps bees. I gotta, oh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta meet your mom. Yeah, dude. She's cool. She's got, and she's a, she's in a, like she finished her master gardener training and she's in like a master oh naturalist. How have, class. how have we not talked about this yet? I know Listen, she's learning is, all about this soils. Is out, this is outside the pod, but we got, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta become friends with your mom. You got to come up to Virginia for a weekend. She'll yeah. host you and show you all the bees and introduce you to the Queens and stuff. It's, she's oh, got four man. hives now. I, this is absolutely my sh- I love yeah. this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, we got, we got through so much and we, we still have stuff that we're going to have to save till next week. So yeah, uh, we've, we've going to take a, we've gonna, it's going great. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we are going to be joined by our friend, Andy Demetra to talk about Saved by the Bell. All right. Welcome back to the second half of For the Water Cooler. And we've got, a great guest in studio who I I'm I've known him for a while, but he, the, the rest of the world, I would say has met him in a bigger way recently uh, due to his job, putting him in, in the position to be, to be the, the audio component of an incredible moment, this college football season. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show, Andy Demetra. Thank you for, for coming on with us at for the water cooler. Well, I'm very excited. Long-time listener, first-time guest, I guess. This is good. <laughs> so, Andy, for, for those who aren't aware, a- Andy is the the radio play-by-play announcer for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And Andy got to be a part of a probably, I would say, the season's most exciting, most unexpected can't, moment can't so far. call it that because I went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us were awake. I am so mad at myself, Andy, because I was like, you know, because look, that you take a knee and that's done. I just, yeah. oh man. Okay, I, I, sorry. I we're talking about the, the end of the Georgia Tech-Miami game. Miami did not kneel the ball. They fumbled in Georgia Tech. Was it two plays? Uh, it was three plays. The third I mean, being the touchdown. On, it depends on whether you consider a okay. spiking of the ball a play, gotcha. but yeah, yeah. It, it just goes to show that you don't always need to take a knee to have a prayer answered, as Georgia Tech found out <laughs> on Saturday night. Yes, man, what a what a what a classic radio play by play guy to have that one ready. That was that's it. was that the was that the craziest? So I'm a UVA grad. I'm all ACC. I dearly miss the Coastal. It holds a very special place in my heart. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that the entire ACC has just gone full Coastal this season. Like they were like, I know that you're not here really, but you're here in spirit. Uh, is that the wildest play that you've called that you've seen? Oh, hands down. M- most improbable. And you could probably hear the disbelief in my voice. Because <laughs> yeah. I-, I thought on that touchdown pass, our quarterback, Haynes King, was going to throw it out of bounds and just reset for one final play. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I was j- probably just as shocked as anybody, uh, just the-, the sequence of events that led to that. I mean, even after Georgia Tech got the ball, it still 
you know, 26 seconds left. You've got no timeouts. You're at your own 26, and you really haven't moved the ball all night <laughs> against Miami's defense. And so, you know, it, I think we said at the time after they upheld the review that the priest is outside the door, but he's not inside the room yet. <laughs> uh, but even then, I think everybody's expectations were, were kind of modest as to what might unfold. Yeah. Uh, best case scenario, you're thinking maybe we can get inside field goal range and wind up for a long-range boot and send this game to overtime. Uh, I, I don't think anybody expected that, that chain of events to unfold the way it did. But uh, considering I think the last three times Georgia Tech has played at Miami, uh, the total margin of victory was 11 points. We shouldn't be surprised that it was another wild finish and another one that was a three-point margin. So coming into a bye week for Georgia Tech, uh, it feels okay uh, when you have a game like that to send you <laughs> yeah. your bye. I'll say that much. Absolutely. What's your What's your week been like since that happened? I mean, because because obviously the first thing that happens on Twitter when one of these plays happens is your the, the the video gets shared and everybody wants to see the home the the, the, yeah. the successful teams audio from their radio broadcasts. Have you? I mean, I know I know as soon as I saw it, I. I reached out to you immediately, yeah. but how, 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 what's, what's it been, what's it been like this week? Have you talked to other folks on campus about the moment? Yeah. You know, it's been fun just walking through the halls and, and sharing your recollections of, uh, of that particular play. I think a lot of people wanted to ask how my voice was doing. Uh, <laughs> heard. I went from uh baritone to soprano real quick in that <laughs> moment. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those seminal moments uh, that you just you, you love to share. I feel like the human in you uh, feels a little bit for your your counterparts in radio and them having to to call the other side of that moment. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've had you've had enough of no. those on your on your own, Andy. So yeah, you know, you, you do this long enough, you will call some thrilling moments and you'll call some, call some heartbreaking moments. You'll be on the the right and wrong side of nail biters throughout your career. So I, I'm glad to take this one. That's so awesome. Everyone wants to have that like cool yeah. moment. And... But we didn't bring you here, unfortunately, just to talk about <laughs> No. I, actually, I would ask you like a billion questions because I actually think that doing radio and play-by-play is something that's so fascinating, like preparing yourself for these big moments and then yeah. how you self-analyze as to how you did. But again, we don't have – because there's a lot that we no. – if you can hear the alarm bell going off. Yes, yeah, so let's, some... let's talk my other area of expertise. Yes. <laughs> so so you, you've chosen for our pot – pop culture potluck segment this week, Andy, something that uh, I, I, for, for a lot of, I would say older millennials, mm -hmm. this is like a very important canonical piece of pop culture. You've chosen saved by the bell. Yes. Um, so first of all, tell me about your personal history with saved by the bell. Was this, a, was, are, are you a watched it on TBS kid or did you watch it on Saturday mornings when it was Ooh. first coming on? Great question. So my fandom is sort of split into two parts. Uh, like a lot of kids my age, I believe we call ourselves geriatric millennials now. Oh, God. Uh, I, God, I don't like that. I know. Elder, it just, please. It sounded elder. so bad out of my mouth. Um, but I watched it every Saturday morning on CNBC. That was always the move. You come back home from basketball, soccer, whatever sport you were playing at the time, pop on CNBC, watch Saved by the Bell, sit through California Dreams, watch NBA Inside <laughs> Stuff, and – you're straight for the weekend. Uh, and so I, I certainly enjoyed it at the time. And you're right, like the, the early morning, 7.05 a.m., may catch a stray episode of Saved by the Bell before school. Yeah. But what really rekindled my interest in the show was a couple of years ago, I introduced my daughter to it. 
And he was about 10 years old at the time. So around the same age that I started watching Saved by the Bell as a kid. And my daughter loved the show, too. And so that almost became a bonding ritual with us where Saturday mornings we'd go downstairs. I'd fix breakfast. We'd queue up a few episodes on Saved by the Bell. And it it was really neat to rewatch the show with her. I think along the way I became a lot more knowledgeable about Saved by the Bell than I'd anticipated. Uh, There are certainly some aspects of the show that do not hold up. I think we can all agree. There are aspects of the show that are far cornier and cringier than I even remembered. And there might have been some plot lines that made me pull my daughter aside and have a brief conversation about what is and isn't appropriate. But to this day, it still hits that sweet spot of nostalgia for me. And I, I still can't watch an episode of Saved by the Bell and not leave in a better mood than when I began. You know, it's so it's fun. really funny because I, I've been talking to my kids about it as we were sort of getting ready for it this week. And it's hard for me to explain because they, they watch sitcoms, too. It's a format that still exists. I mean, if you Disney Channel and Nickelodeon obviously have tons of stuff like that. It's hard to, to nail down the tone of Saved by the Bell because, you know, as I was explaining to them, it is really silly and goofy and there are things that are obviously not supposed to be taken seriously in it. But they also, in the same show, are doing like socially conscious message episodes, which is so (laughs) strange. What a a weird mix of tones to do. And it, it does feel like maybe it's got that thing of it was a show made for teens, very obviously made by adults, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it had that 90s sheen to it. There's no doubt. And I think all of us who watched it of a certain age, it gave us a very romanticized version of what high school would be like. And then we actually go into high school and realize that is not the case whatsoever in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. I think all of us uh, who grew up, would have loved to have uh, a place like the Max. Yeah, Only what the heck? No place like that ever just attached exists. to your high school. There's just like a yeah. little like, pop soda and diner nobody joint. Ever, nobody ever properly explained where the Max was relative to Bayside High. Was that that on campus? Like I they went there for I, lunch. I would like, guess. I would guess that we're talking about uh, you know across across a, a semi major road, right? So like the kids can drive <laughs> to it on their lunch break probably and come back. I don't think they have to drive. That's my You don't think yeah. I think it's on it's on campus. I think it's like a co-located. I think this I think Bayside does pretty well for itself like just as a as a community it's, in general. It's very clearly in an affluent area. Yeah. Yes. Um it's funny because my and I told Matt this briefly the the top level of this. I wasn't allowed to watch as a kid but not in a way that was like this is bad for like it wasn't like a strict like this mm-hmm. is this is going to corrupt your soul if you see these teens <laughs> breaking rules at school. Um, my parents are the best, but they were like, it's dumb, <laughs> and they were kind of like, this is in the time frame we're like, <laughs> and it's that cringe part in the sense like when you're an adult and you're watching and you're like, and so the idea right. of, like they you know, didn't like it, so they yeah, didn't and it was more it and it was the same honestly with like Full House. My par- my my mom was just like, this is just not very good. Like, what are we doing? Like, Boy. and we were living in Europe well, at the time, I mean, and so like it was there was not as many options. So if there's like just that to watch, we're like, let's not do that. Um, but in my it, big it like a product of the time too, because yeah. yeah, like watching it now with my daughter. I'm like, yeah, like a lot of these storylines, they do not hold up. Like, 
you know, I don't feel like I have to explain to my daughter that it's not good to kidnap uh, somebody uh, before he plays Screech in the county chess championship and then assume his identity. Yeah, that's and then, like, you know, they all have a laugh about it and they, they carry on with the chess match and all is well and you never hear about it again. Yeah. And the um, poor the poor girls. I mean, we don't we don't need to go into all the specifics of it, but I would say there's for sure a lot of objectification happening for oh God. For like high school age girls, including I think isn't it, at some point Kelly is hired by a very sketchy guy to be an international model, um, and, and and she's supposed to like leave the country with this man. Oh no! You don't I remember didn't that, see that Oh yeah, no, I remember <laughs> that totally. Like just some random photographer walks in one day and says, "Oh, I'm a photographer for Teen oh, Fashion Magazine." Teen Fashion Magazine, something fashion. like that. And, they did the old yeah. photo shoot. Like, where were the parents in all of this? Yeah, Yeah. and now they're enticing (laughs) Kelly to, like, leave school to go on a photo shoot in Paris. And, yeah, like... I mean, who says no? (laughs) Any of the writers uh, just raise their hand in the room and say, you know what, I'm not sure if this is appropriate for Saturday morning television. What's the problem? That is some of that gloss that you talk about, the 90s gloss, Andy, because, like, it's the... I think I think what they were kind of going for in this show is as much of a, I mean, this predates Friends, but it feels a little bit like Friends in that like everybody's life is really cool, good things like really extraordinarily good things happen. You're not to sure how they afford everything. <laughs> yeah, and and everybody is also. I'm saying this as a contemporary of these people, not saying it now, but everybody's hot. Everybody's really attractive. And that's the other part of it too, is like when you are a teenager watching this, you're like, I'm going to get to high school and everybody's going to look like Zach Morris and Kelly mm-hmm. Kapowski. And in fact, I don't even think they were high school age when they were. Yeah. I was going to say that we looked up how old they were with this. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It, it almost feels like a preteen friends and yeah. it's the lack of repercussions uh, with all the things <laughs> that they do. Uh, that hey, they also, got called sure, into the principal's office. Well. They got called into the principal's office. Really, yeah. I'm not as strange like in, like I'm trying to make it a creepy way, but it's, it was a little bit of a strange relationship with with Principal Belding. Like in the like, they were very <laughs> like they were friends with the. Principal. He's in no way. He's in no way authoritative or threatening. No, yeah. <laughs> like none of the. I mean, none of the teachers really barely. I don't. I wouldn't even say any of the adults except maybe who was the guy. So this is what's funny. Is I have watched a ton of episodes but it was like my rebellion in college is like ah, i can Mm -hmm. watch i can watch say by the bell now when it was on tbs at like 10 a.m um and so i've watched a ton of them who was the guy that was in the max that always gave them advice like Uh, that was max and in fact the restaurant was named was supposed (laughs) to be his restaurant but that actor was only in the cast for season one right and the restaurant continued to be called the max and yes. max wasn't there after season one i feel like he gave good advice well, yeah, well he was also though. a magician and like oh, that's right of, like, he did that you wondered like, <laughs> okay i take it back not pass should... restaurant health code inspections <laughs> very weird yeah yeah oh yeah that's that's fair yeah i forgot so it, it is so. you know <laughs> one thing one thing that's that has struck me about it too is it, it does. I wonder what it felt like at the time. Like, did it make the kind of impact in the moment that it did later? Because I think, a, as we said, a ton of people our age have seen this show all the way through. It was like, I, I think kind of our generation's version of like 
Andy Griffith, where that was just like a show my dad watched in syndication forever. Mm-hmm. Or Leave um, it to Beaver. But like, not really much of the cast went on to do all that much else after this show. Um, I mean, so they were... season was the probably the would we say the biggest out of that? Well, okay, hold on. Maybe because she um, Mario was Mario Lopez, who has not aged a single second since he starred as AC Slater, probably they, has done the most stuff. But she went on and was huge in 90210. Was she in Melrose Place also? I, I feel like, or she was, she was in some, she was in something slightly more adult than 90210. Yeah. yeah and then, um, Zach Morris. <laughs> it's he, he had a, he had a, a TNT show. I also I would, would like that would be way my, up your alley, Caroline. That's I would right. like to make my argument where they should have never canceled Pitch. I don't know if you watched Pitch, the first Pitch season. Of was the name Pitch. Of the show? And it was a um, he was it was a baseball team, and they had a, a female pitcher come. It was Kylie Bunbury. She's fantastic. Oh, okay. Um, and she came in, and it was like one season, and basically they were like, "She's the first female pitching in MLB." Like it was great. I loved it. And then they that's canceled. Good. It. That's a good concept. You know, it's it's sure. funny. The the probably the the actress who has had the most success post Saved by the Bell, if we really want to go deep, uh, would be Leah Remedy from oh, uh, that's yeah. <laughs> episodes. Mm. Stacy Carosi. Yep. Uh, that would be season four. I was so. worried you were going to go Elizabeth Berkeley there for a second. And I was <laughs> she, like, look, we've all seen we show. Could argue, we could argue <laughs> that she made, she made the most substantial impact on the culture if, if, from the main cast. But yeah, I mean, Leah, there was a lot of guest stars that you see pop up in the show that became big later because also Tori Spelling played yep. Screech's girlfriend at one point. Um, and there, there, I, I believe one of the Harbaugh's was on this show, but I can't remember um, which one. So uh, I believe Jim Harbaugh had an appearance, but it was in Saved by the Bell, the new class. Okay. And to this day, <laughs> one of the great mysteries of the universe is how did Saved by the Bell, the new class last for two more seasons than the original <laughs> Saved by the Bell? I couldn't. That's the one. That's the one blind spot for me in the Saved by the Bell universe. Oh, is I never I, watched. You know, I don't class. think anybody acknowledges it. Like Saved by the Bell, the new class, it was on for seven seasons. That's the wild. The OG Saved by the Bell was only on for five. I couldn't tell you a single actor in Saved by the Bell, the new class, a single <laughs> episode plot line. There was nothing memorable about the show. Yet it somehow outlasted the original Saved by the Bell. And I think it was Jim Harbaugh in one of those episodes Incredible. made like a guest appearance. And he was like Screech's cousin or <laughs> yeah, just like some weird yes. connection. That guy, that guy's had- lesson. And what's great about it, Incredible. you can, I think, see it online. Um, Jim Harbaugh clearly reading the cue cards off camera and as wooden the delivery as possible. It's fantastic. That guy's my had favorite, the career. Oh my god, totally. I think my favorite random cameo, and I actually haven't even seen more than probably half of one of these episodes in the college years. Uh, Bob Golick, the brother oh. of Mike Golick and uncle of Mike Golick Jr. I'm glad you mentioned say yeah, which that, that makes no sense whatsoever. That he's the <laughs> RA. Um, and, and also, uh, let's not forget either Holland Taylor plays the dean in Saved by the Bell, the college years. Oh my! And that God. is terrific casting. Right. And Holland Taylor has obviously had a very uh, distinguished acting career herself. Led by that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, when when people think of Holland years. Taylor, the first thing I think of is Saved by the Bell, the college years. Well, That's... as one does. And so, and Saved by the Bell, the college years, by the way, it only lasted one season. Very underrated show. I agree. Oh. It's kind of like a like a primetime 
sitcom. Exactly. Like it, 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 it worked. It, it, it's it's right up there with like anything else that you would have seen in the late nineties on NBC Bring it back Thursday night make, or whatever. And make Gojo the RA this time. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, they, they obviously canceled it, so they had to wrap everything up, and they did so by of course, Zach and Kelly getting married, wedding in Las Vegas. That was the series finale. Love it. And we uh, all said it's here, and they lived happily ever after. Do you have a favorite? So one of the things I absolutely love about Saved by the Bell and how it's kind of still permeating culture is through gifts. Like you see them at like one of the the one with Slater coming down the steps and stopping and pointing, like, you stink or whatever. One of my faves is. Do you have a fa- obviously the the Jesse? I'm so uh, excited. I'm so, I'm so excited. excited yeah. I'm so scared. That's probably my favorite. Out of there. is there like a favorite like pop culture moment or gif or one of the things that still you think is used today from Saved by the Bell that's like your favorite way that it's kind of made it and stayed in pop culture? I think any fourth wall Zach Morris gift probably <laughs> is my favorite. Because uh, if you think about it, Zach Morris kind of like without Zach Morris, there would be no Jim Halpert at the office. Like the fourth wall, yeah. look at the camera, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to say he invented that, but he certainly popularized it in the whole, you know, timeout, all that stuff. <laughs> who, who among us hasn't done a you know, time out, freezing reality. Um, so that's probably my favorite uh, Zach Morris gif online. Uh, yeah. But I definitely know which one you're talking about with AC Slater when they're filming the PSA, yeah. the Johnny Dakota episode where Johnny Dakota is not practicing what he preaches and all that. Yeah. Uh, but you can't go wrong with the good, smooth uh, Zach this, Morris, you know. Is his name Johnny Dakota? His eyebrows type gif. Yeah. That's, got, that's got to be a... a uh, a reference to what what was the what was the movie that we talked about caroline oh um johnny utah johnny it's got to be a johnny utah yeah. reference oh, right absolutely. that has to be where they got that from. point break point break yeah <laughs> like what's the most like 90s teen sitcom name that we can come up with how does johnny dakota sound perfect, yeah. perfect. no notes <laughs> yeah like great it's like the first one they threw off the wall like yeah oh, perfect no what they didn't say is that one the guy that pitched it had just watched point break that week absolutely that and, he came, and he was like johnny dakota and they're like yeah 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 that's it that's it mm-hmm. oh man listen andy you've you very clearly are are demonstrating an intense knowledge of Saved by the bell <laughs> I am so, so we're gonna we're gonna put that to the test now in our trivia segment uh we, we i have weighted these questions to some degree because i talked to caroline a little bit in advance she said look I'm not that confident in my say by the bell knowledge. I've probably seen them all, but I, I don't know that she's a regular rewatcher the way that yeah, I definitely you are. have not rewatched. So this is going to seem a little unfair, but I'm trying to handicap it to make it a fair <laughs> fight. So we're, we're going to go ahead and, uh, and get, get this trivia segment underway after uh, of course we lead in with yeah. a, a jingle, which I is meant to evoke. I would say a very important moment in say by the bell lore. So Ooh, go ahead okay. and play the jingle Chandler. I could hardly believe it when I heard the news today. I paused my ninth rewatch of season two. They said on the podcast, we got a trivia game to play. 
And it's a show you've already seen the whole way through. So tell me all about it. Tell me about the trivia segment. And tell me one thing more before I go. Tell me how much do you know about Zach Morris? Now that you've seen every episode, how much do you know about Zach Morris? And what will people think when this uploads? Will our podcast finally explode? Ooh. All right. Thanks for sitting through that, everyone. Dan slow jam right there. <laughs> I really wanted to put in the dialogue of Zach and Kelly breaking up, but I, it was already running long, so I opted out of that. Well yeah, your wife gets a 10 out of 10. She crushed that. <laughs> she really, um, yeah. Well, I shouldn't assume. Me. I assume that's your wife since she's yes, my wife, yeah. You didn't just go get like a backup singer <laughs> or a duet partner out of the blue yeah. for this I, one Unfortunately, uh, I have to work with free backup singers, so... <laughs> All right, Andy, your first question here. In its first season, the show that eventually became Saved by the Bell had a different title. Good morning, Miss Bliss. Next question. Wow, he's on it already. (laughs) (laughs) I am toast. All right, Caroline, you're up. In the the epic two-parter Palm Springs weekend, whose wedding is the gang attending? Um, Is it Zach's mom? It is not Zach's mom. It is Jesse's, Jesse's dad. Jesse's dad. But Zach's mom does have a romantic subplot at some point. Damn in the show. it. You're, you're not totally off. All right, Andy. Mr. Turtle? <laughs> Mr. Turtle only appeared for like a couple of episodes in season Incredible. two. Very early on. Never to be heard from again. Never to be seen again. Incredible. He was a doctor, though. Anyway, next question. All right, Andy. Kelly Kapowski had a poster of which famous professional wrestler on the wall of her bedroom? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Kelly had one? Kelly had a a poster of a wrestler. I mean, I guess. Right over the bed. I'm just guessing it was Hulk Hogan because it was the 80s. I don't know. It was not Hulk Hogan. It was Macho Man, Randy Savage. Wow. What an odd design choice. Very. I I don't know if there's a joke that's that's referenced where where she acknowledges that she's a Macho (laughs) Man fan. This feels a bit like they had a lot of of dudes on staff, and they're like, let's decorate a room. (laughs) All right. Caroline, this is your big chance to catch up here. What kind of sauce is Screech's secret sauce? Oh my god, are you serious? <sighs> like is it one thing? It's not things mixed together. It is the it is the primary device uh plot device for a an entire episode that I cannot tell you the title of because it would give uh-huh. away what the sauce is. I will say this is a standard category of sauce. <laughs> <laughs> That makes it harder. Uh, mayo. That would be the Screechamia spaghetti sauce. <laughs> you know <what> I <laughs> can't believe he knows it. Andy, do you know what do you know what the, the slogan for the sauce is? Uh it doesn't jump off the top of my head, no. <laughs> this is handicapped. This is amazing. I was like, ask me someone's last name. Like 
the slogan, by the way, is the salsa you can have, but the secret, she's a mine. Oh, <laughs> <there you> <laughs> Words to live by. Yeah. Stop! All right, Andy, you got a chance to put it away here. <laughs> Mr. Carosi, and I, I just need y'all to know that I made this question up on the fly because you stole my Bob Golick question. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, shit. Sorry. Andy, Mr. Carosi, the actor that played Mr. Carosi, voiced which iconic Disney animated character? I believe it was Pumbaa from The Lion King, was it, it not? It is Pumbaa. Very well really? done. Yes. Oh, yeah. Damn. Andy, Andy gets... Gets the win, but Caroline, you can still save some dignity with an answer here. Maybe. In the in the season two episode, Jesse's song, what is the name of the band formed by Jesse, Kelly, and Lisa? I don't know. Andy, do you know this one? Yeah, that would be Hot Sunday, man. Oh my God, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified now, to by know. Way, by the way, not to, not to hijack the trivia portion here, guys, um, but since you mentioned Kelly, um, one of the conversations I had to have with my daughter, uh, you guys remember the episode where she starts dating the manager of the Max, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Who Extremely is a sophomore at Southern Cal. Kelly in that episode specifically mentions that she is not yet 16. Um, again, did anybody in the writer's room raise their hand and say, you know what? I'm not sure if portraying a 15-year-old dating a 19, 20-year-old is appropriate for Saturday morning television. Or, as a matter of fact, I'm not sure if it's even legal. Now, is this who she ultimately breaks up with Zach for? Is is that guy? Well, I think she was on a episode. break from Zach, if memory serves. But, yeah. <laughs> we were on so, a break. So there was that. And then, let's not forget either and say by the Bell, the college years, what does Kelly Kapowski do her first semester? She ups and dates her professor. Oh, no. Early 30s, so I know they portray Kelly as this sweet yes. all-American girl. Uh, but she does, uh, over the writers. course of the series, has some very questionable choices the, in dating partners. The professor, by the way, is the act, the same actor that plays Howard from uh, Better Call Saul. Really, really good actor, but an unfortunate role for him. <laughs> Andy, Andy, you you absolutely slaughtered yeah. this trivia segment. I, I, I honestly, I thought that I was going pretty tough here, and you only crushed me. Yeah. You not only got most of yours, you got all of Caroline's. Yeah, Andy Andy was like me and Godfrey on X-Files week. <laughs> Just Amazing. Half, half the question out, you're like, pew, pew, got it. No, no. Well, Andy, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. I know we got to let you we got to let you run, but what, where can where can folks find you on social media? Well, uh, my uh, Twitter account, and I'll still to my dying breath call it Twitter, is at Andy Demetra, D-E-M-E-T-R-A. You can always listen to our Georgia Tech radio broadcasts on the Georgia Tech Game Day app, on Sirius XM, wherever radios are sold. Uh, and I would just like to say, Matt Caroline, you will now be my friends forever. Hey. <laughs> Andy, thank you so much for coming on. I can't believe I didn't even get it. We didn't even get to Zach Attack. That's going to have to be a future episode. Which is disappointing because Casey Kasem was the uh, narrator of that whole fever That's dream. That's right. Episode. Casey Kasem is randomly one of my better impersonations, but – You've got you absolutely future future episode. You've got Casey Kasem voice for sure. Uh, Awesome. Well, Andy, again, thank you so much, and thanks to everybody for listening to For the Water Cooler. Please go and check us out on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it, and give us a rating. That helps us out a lot, and you've you've all already been doing that, so we really appreciate it. Please go and give us ratings if you haven't yet, and uh, we will see you guys again next week with another episode of For the Water Cooler. 
just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.